0: Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Next Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we are offering four conversations from episode 14, in which Louise Campbell, Jorn Schottenberg, and I take a look at the highlights of what should be a very exciting second quarter. Since we didn't post this episode until Friday afternoon, we will forego the vault episode for a week, and it will return next week at the back end of our River Forum 14 session. I start this conversation by sharing my excitement about International Nash Day, both because GLI's footprint continues to broaden and because estimates of the global scale of disease continue to grow, thereby making the need and demand for patient education and advocacy that much more powerful. Louise shares her enthusiasm for the scale and excellence of GLI programs and notes that Australia, the country she cares about deeply, is becoming more engaged with the process. I share with readers that Louise anticipates spending far more time in Australia in the months and years ahead, and that she will push aggressively to increase overall awareness of liver health in that country and the ability for Australians to have their livers scanned. Jörn harkens back to his first or second visit to Nash Tsunami when he and Donna Cryer discussed ways to access the Turkish population in Germany more readily. He is beginning an initiative to educate the Turkish community and recruit more patients into clinical trials, noting that there is confusion regarding HBV in that community and a general need for knowledge. Louise notes that the need for multilingual, multicultural education is becoming greater throughout the Western world as populations become more diverse. Jörn discusses some of the challenges in making suggestions to different cultural populations, focusing specifically on alcohol consumption, and his increasing belief he should recommend total abstinence. I suggest that he might be asking patients to adjust a bit too much, quoting an old friend of mine who said, you can only meet patients where they live. Louise discusses using Fibre scan as lie detector in that regard, and also impetus for patients to do better. As we wind down, I discussed some of the highlights for our third birthday celebration, posting on April 19th. I also mentioned that anyone who wants to join our recording on April 17th should send a note or go through our light gate so we can send them an invitation. I then share a spur-of-the-moment wrap-up question about what each of us anticipates as the most important event in the second half of the year. You'll have to listen to hear what we have to say. The next three months promise an array of exciting events here in Nashville. Conferences, papers, and perhaps a key, really exciting regulatory milestone. You can hear the excitement and enthusiasm in our voices and our manner, so just sit back, listen, and Enjoy, learn, and when you're done, join the dialogue on our LinkedIn discussion group. I'm excited about International Nash Day. I'm excited because GLI's footprint continues to broaden. I know Louise has a specific interest in Australia that maybe you'll say a couple of words about in a minute. And we're going to actually do an episode on that in two weeks where we're going to come on and talk about why is it that GLI thinks that International day this year is so much more vital and important than it's been in previous years and some of the activities that they'll have as part of this year because A, as drugs come to market and B, the rate of growth of disease is not slowing down any, right? The, the latest numbers I've seen are now estimating maybe 35% of adults worldwide whereas the number that we saw used recently by ICER in the U.S. was 25% which is a number that's only 3-4 years old. So the pace of disease continues to increase. We will have therapies available and I know that GLI is anticipating doing things that are bolder and more aggressive in pursuit of a global reach and be an appreciation of the breadth of the disease. And I don't know a lot about what they're going to do. We'll learn more in a couple of weeks, but I will be intrigued to see because they usually come up with cool things. I'm also hoping they'll have us back on to do their wrap up session again. That's a shameless public lug to Jeff and Donna. But so I'll be excited. Let's see how that goes.
1: Louise Campbell. Every year they nail it and bring something new to the field. And I think it just gets bigger and bigger. And that's a test about how they're globally engaged. And we're getting Australia were there last year. I think if it was the hepatitis unit in Brisbane were there, I'm not too sure. I'm not involved in the Australian side at the moment from getting the Liver Association or that on board. But I'm sure we will get Australia to the table at some stage. But they certainly engaged a lot more in liver, I think. And that interview with Tony Rahman says we've still got a long way to go, but um, we'll keep Keep badgering
0: on and besides which louise now the pandemic is over is going to start spending a lot more of your time in australia right yeah, yeah that, that, that should that should be a rate increaser just your mere presence and energy and passion if not it's a this.
1: warning <laughs> <laughs> get out of Dodge, unless you want your liver checked. I'm saving their livers, one liver at a time around the world. But I don't mind being vocal because it, it helps. We get so much good and positive feedback where we take people off these timelines or get them into care quicker. And it's about getting to the right person quicker. It doesn't matter what country. We've all got a liver. Jaren Schattenberg. Very well
2: said, yeah. Louise. And the way we try this here, again, we don't have the care pathways that, that put this in place. But I try this within research projects and we're going out into the communities and was actually thinking about, you know, evolving the Turkish uh, community in uh, Germany a little more. I said that in one of the very first podcasts and Donna has actually sent me a Turkish patient information, which I still have. And now a a Turkish student uh, approached me recently and we were thinking of starting this project in the Turkish population because there's a lot of barriers in in subpopulations that are still at metabolic risk. There are part of the society, it's been here in second or third generation still. I think the knowledge on some of these diseases is maybe not as high um, or from a different perspective coming from Turkey, there's a lot of HBV and people are maybe associating liver disease with different aspects in Germany. They would always associate it with alcoholism and uh, potentially mm-hmm. German uh, and uh, Turkish uh, patients are very much different here. All these things we don't know. So um, why am I saying that? I think that going to the communities, going where the liver is as you said, or let's say the patient with the liver, checking them and asking, inquiring them about their ideas, their barriers to access care is so important and, and this is a project, if it works well, I'm for sure going to report on it in the podcast again in the future.
1: Oh, I might have to come and have a look.
2: Yeah, please.
1: Yeah. I think what people do engage with from the communities, if they think about it as hepatitis B, they still have bad diets. What we're trying to do is stop the second disease compounding the first. And I think they buy into that whole, Ah, oh, you mean I could be giving myself, because we know hepatitis B increases in speed. We know any double liver problem is, a, is often a doubling in speed to cirrhosis. By finding and scanning and making sure that if you've got hepatitis B that we maximise your liver health or an autoimmune condition if we maximise the liver health elsewhere this is the importance so Jean's absolutely right getting into these communities because there's barriers within the communities sexuality every age all sorts of things within their own communities which you see in the UK a lot because and Germany has a very diverse population the same way as we do and you really do have to get into those communities but be welcomed in or teach the community to do it themselves
0: and I think the global phenomenon, Louise, is true everywhere is that increasingly the communities maintain their language and habits. Okay, so just in the last 20 years that I've lived where I live now, which is a suburb of Philadelphia, uh, 20 years ago, if you were walking out on the street in uh, New Hope, my town, which is a bit of a local tourist town on a Saturday, you would hear English, you would hear a little bit of Spanish. Uh, Now you hear a lot of Russian, you hear some Italian, you hear a few other languages. People just keep the languages with them. And when you talk, you're in about third generation Turkish people living in Germany. Who are still more comfortable in Turkish than they are in German? That's that's I think becoming a more common phenomenon in many many different places. And I can't
2: um, say that, and maybe also I'm not having a representative impression here. But for sure, you you maintain your roots, and it's a culture. And me moving to a different country, I would uh, maintain a lot of my roots and culture. I mean, that's what made America great—the melting pot. That's what I learned about in school, and it's it's the culture that the people relate to, and that, as Louise rightfully said, uh, means habits. And in a different environment, these habits can be a different health threat. And the additive effects of happy and uh, overnutrition in, in a German society will always be alcohol uh, consumption to a certain degree. And I used to say to my patients, you know, it's a self-made decision about quality of life, uh, consuming a glass of wine versus uh, health, and liver disease. We see more and more evidence I should be stricter recommending absolute abstinence. And I, I can't, you know, even as a physician, liver disease, I, I'm not so strict with all my patients. Sometimes I'm afraid I'll lose them because they're gonna, just going to stop listening
0: to me. A hey, uh, friend, of mine, who's a sleep specialist, was talking about dealing with people with weight and apnea and made the comment that you can only take people where they're willing to go as fast as they're willing to get there. And that that shapes a lot of his decisions. So I was listening to what you were saying. And what was in the back of my mind, Jorn, was the increase in alcohol consumption virtually all over the world during the pandemic. So we're now dealing with a higher alcohol baseline than we were. And if by advocating abstinence, you can get people maybe not to abstain, but but to dial themselves back further than they would otherwise, that's a good thing. Yeah. And if you get them to abstain, then, of course, you get full hero points. But, but I think it's a challenge.
2: I can't do everything at once, right? So you should join me in clinic one day. Uh, you'll see how that goes. And Louise knows all these discussions. Well, and you, I would need a nurse point, like Louise to uh, to enforce what I've said. At
0: one point in time, you made a comment to Maz and me that we should stop in Stuttgart and go see your clinic on the way to Vienna. And uh, if I can make my schedule work, I intend to take you up on that. <laughs> I, I no commitment yet, but I'm hoping to do that.
1: But you um, use the lie detector that is the fibrous scan. Yes, doctor, <laughs> I've changed my diet. Um... Well, let's see what the scans are. Oh, on second thought, I didn't really do it as much as I said I did. (laughs) It is fantastic because, but they also compete. My scan should be better this time. So, this is. What we don't measure in research trials. This is what I talk about, but we don't measure that impact. There was a poster out last easel about one scan. Five years later, these patients had still changed their lifestyle. It wasn't perfect, but they had still gone on to make a difference. But that was from one scan in a drug and alcohol setting. They weren't able to do it.
2: Yeah, that was from from the Odenza group. Yes. Mm-hmm. So,
1: But this is the fun. You've got a lie detector now, and it is hysterical, the engagement that you get with it. It's one of the funniest things you'll ever do. Because 99.9% of the time, the scan will tell you whether or not that person has changed their lifestyle for the good or the bad. And if you want to ever see what a fast food diet does to your liver in a month, then I can, whoa, it is not nice. I'm
0: visualizing a promotional campaign for EchoSense or maybe Sonic Insights or Escopics, both of whom are now starting to become more aggressive in promotion. That is basically someone in a black coat and a black hat pointing at you and going, you lie, you know, and I've got the proof right here. Uh, Absolutely. I never say that.
1: I said, could you rephrase that? On second thought, I didn't... (laughs)
0: so we're kind of rounding towards the bottom of the hour i would be remiss if i didn't tell everyone who listens to this podcast that you really would like to see if you can join our audience on april 17th or if not catch our podcast on april 19th because that will be our third birthday celebration we already have two audience participation games as part of the event we'll be rolling those out next week where people can win prizes one of those is the i will announce this one we talked about this once on the podcast i think the magic mike milson drinking game our audio engineer who has listened to every episode that we've put out since July of 2020 and has phrases that he associates with each of the uh, regular and semi-regular surfers. We will have uh, his drinking game, which is the one phrase that you associate most readily with Louise, with Yorn, and with me. You'll be able to submit all three. And because it's a drinking game in fatty liver disease, the winner will get a bag or two of my very favorite coffee, which is a coffee grown in the U.S. It's a medium roast with lion's mane and chaga mushrooms for added supplement. And then we have a couple of other games that will be coming as well and a couple of other prizes. And we will have a couple of interviews. Uh, Hopefully some of our past regulars will come on for a few minutes and say hi and let, uh, let us know what they've been up to and maybe some of our sponsors as well. So we'll see. It should be a fun episode all along. There will be live audience if you are a subscriber or if you want to go through the light gate on the uh, servingnash.com website and become a subscriber, you'll get an invitation for how to get there. And it uh, should be a fun day. I- I'm mindful of the idea that people told us we'd have to stop after 15 episodes because we'd run out of things to talk about. And then you get an episode like this where we didn't set up anything to talk about. And we could, as you point out, you're going go for four hours, just the three of us. Speaking of yeah, I was trying to think
2: what my phrase is and I can't figure it out. So I'll be I'll be happy to learn. I'm
1: going to not say anything. That's not my phrase. Uh,
0: those are already in the envelope. I know I know what the winners are. I'm not a participant in this contest. And the bonus round will be probably a Stephen Harrisonism or three Stephen Harrisonisms of choice because of those we've got. I mean, I said canary in the coal mine a half an hour ago just to prove that we got there at least once today. All right. So with that, why don't we, I don't really know how to wrap this up. Here's, here's my wrap up. No one knows this is coming, including me. So we've talked about the second quarter. What do you think is the one most lamented thing you see happening in the second half of the year. And I, I understand this is way in the future. No one's prepared. These are all going to be wild shot guesses, but go
1: for it. That we get another country that's going to take on liver disease and start to roll out a little bit more high level involvement in looking for poor liver health. And then we'll mm-hmm. find the disease, but we'll find the endocrine and cardiac health as well. I'm hoping that we'll be the first, but I'm hoping somebody else will start to engage in that as well. And we can help.
2: So as an academic clinician, my highlight would be to see more research grants being awarded in the arena of liver screening. We urgently need a clinical trial showing superiority of screening versus no screening in the general population and specialty populations to show a benefit, which will allow us to actually talk with the regulators. And um, there are some great initiatives on the way, nothing that uh, could be put up into the public yet, but I'm very optimistic that we'll see great research consortia be forming to uh, answer that question finally. That would be an absolute highlight for me.
0: That would be fantastic. I think the one I'm going to pick, and I'm completely making this up, I have no data at all to support me, is I, I grow increasingly schizophrenic about biopsy. The extraordinary value that some of the AI-assisted analyses can do in terms of things like zone of liver and disease metabolism on the one end, and on the other hand, the ability of the consortia to prove that we don't need biopsy to figure out who's doing well and, 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 and to be able... You mentioned early that we're going to need to start to figure out which drugs work faster than the 18 months that they're given in a clinical trial to show one level reduction of fibrosis because in the states people are unlikely to pay for that so i'm hopeful that we make progress on both those fronts better understanding of underlying disease based on better use of ai related biopsy tools and then on the other hand progress in terms of understanding how to evaluate whether drugs are working faster and whether patients are succeeding faster so that we can make more informed less economically driven decisions about which patient gets which drug at which point in time i'm not sure that's all going to happen in the second half but i'm confident we're going to make progress on it because i know of enough things that are going on
2: And now, back to Roger.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please put them in the review section of the page from which you downloaded this conversation or send an email directly to questions at surfingnish.com. Next week, we'll be joined by our friend Veronica Miller and others who participated in what promises to be a truly exciting, even inspiring, Liver 14 meeting in Washington, D.C. this weekend. The meeting should be great, and the session on it should be among our best. So, until then, stay safe, surf on, and we'll see you on podcast. Bye-bye now.